As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sifpot Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, it's people who love animals but do know they really can't talk. It's Sifpot. Hey, you know what I've noticed? I'm not hurting my voice as much. Oh, wow. When, you have, like, vocal callus. Yeah, I think I've developed some sort of... You're so callous. ...node or something. A node. <laughs> Welcome to Sif Pop with Aaron and Janae, streaming live on Mixler every Friday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get those perks. Are we just laughing at the word node? No, well, I just uh, I have this thought of Aaron's finally developing his nodes. <laughs> <laughs> Every week, we will be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else is on our little pop culture minds. Today's guru from the Horrible Movie Podcast, mm. it's Jack Alterman. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Welcome. Woo! You've heard his giggling voice already. I was like a schoolgirl giggling about your nodes. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a great show today. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about the secret life of pets. We're going to talk a little bit about Game of Thrones season six that just finished Beautiful. up. Beautiful. Uh, we'll get more into kind of our own experiences with that property as well, because not all of us have seen the TV show. That's true. That's me. And not all of us have read the book. It's true. That's true. That's that's us. Oh, okay. so, <laughs> I, like, I can't read, so <laughs> oh. I, I have to rely on TV shows and movies. And in um, your class, and your teaching class? Yeah, everything. I mean, every, everything in life. And puppets. I mean, yeah, and puppets. Of course, we'll get to some buried treasure at the end as well, but first, we like to kick it off with a little bit of Do We Care? Danae, what are some pop culture headlines that are popping up? And we'll let you know if we care to talk more about them. Okay. Now, remember, though. Like I said earlier, uh-huh. I have a lot. You have today, too many. I so you understand. You have to be able to actually say no if you're not interested. So we need to be uh-huh. more stern we with what choices. we really care to talk about. We have yeah. Today. Okay. And maybe we should time like ourselves. If we, don't, if we don't like get really excited about it, we should say no. We First can do headline. That. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Here mm-hmm. we go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Juno space probe, which is now orbiting Jupiter, uh-huh. is manned by a Lego crew. Do we care? No. No. All right. Moving I on. like this new version. <laughs> <laughs> 
we say no. All right, next up I mean, is it's cool and all, but you know, some yeah, news about know Marvel. Else. You guys probably already know Marvel's new Iron Man is a 15 year old black girl. Oh, in the comics. Yep, named Riri Riri Williams Riri. Do we care? I don't know. I do care in just enough to say that's cool. I mean, I, I love that they continue to you know change things around, and I think the comics are able to do that even more than the visual media is able to do that because it seems a lot you know a lot stranger in that way. But yeah, like I love the freedom the comics have to kind of to uh, mix that up. They did this with they did it with Thor. Yeah, um, Thor's a female last, now too, right? I think currently still, and and it's always some um, of extenuating circumstances that cause it or that sort of thing or they but uh and then well they, they always write a storyline and then they bring yeah. it back around it's like how uh it's like the uh hail hydra stuff that captain america did a couple well, months they're, ago they're and coming they've... back on that though right. they, they're saying that's right. not necessarily the case now. it's uh, some hidden thing yeah. and you you knew that was, but they always to sell i mean it's like it's hard to sell comic books folks i mean it's not <laughs> you know what i'm saying so they got to come up with it's getting well, it a little things bit more that are popularity, like though. It used to be they would do the is dead comic, like Superman is dead, they and that would do that be so the many big, times. And you can only do that so many times. So now <laughs> it's like a whole like... bunch of zombie superheroes. Now they've all died and come back. I'm so. excited for it. I think that I'm really like personally, I find uh, I'm, I'm kind of um, what's the word? Gra- I'm gravitating towards this character. And there's this mm-hmm. uh, if you haven't seen you know like the still shots that have been released. Mm-hmm. She just looks so sassy, and she's got this gorgeous hair. What and, is her name like Antoinette Stark brilliant. or something like that? No. Okay. She's not a Stark. I know. Uh, I'm just kidding. I um, Andrew, Andrew says Thor's a guy again, so that kind of... Yeah, it comes around. That comes around. Yeah. Well, absolutely. you know, Thor Thor is, I think, was it like Thorette? <laughs> I, I don't know the storyline. Uh, if okay, Phil were here, Phil Sousa from our podcast would be able to... Well, I think it's just different characters. I mean, different people step in to play the role. Like, I think it's just, right. that's the idea. But that's, Thor seems like he would just be always Thor. Whereas mm-hmm. Tony Stark, it's like he's aging. He's just a human. And so he's handing over the Iron Man kind of model and sure. the mantle, so to speak, on this MIT brilliant girl. Her story is that she's been at MIT since 15, uh, she's, she's 15 years old. And she's like from Chicago and has like this diverse background and all this stuff. So it's pretty cool. Cool. I think it's yeah. exciting. If you can pick up the hammer, you can be Thor. I think that's how that it works. That is true. I know you guys are going to say no on this one, but that's okay. Here's why Daisy Ridley had to work out with a pillowcase on her head. <laughs> Do we care? No. <laughs> I'm curious. I'll give you the stupid short. clickbait. The only reason I'm cur- I want it's like know. Kardashian level <laughs> clickbait to me when I see it. So she's filming this episode uh, eight and. Took a, uh, she couldn't go because of filming schedules. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had to rearrange her schedule, and so she had to go to the gym. And she had her hair done as Ray. As Ray, so she didn't want to spoil so what she, her haircut would yeah, look like. Yeah, so she cu- she did a pillowcase all around her head to make oh, sure wow. that no one could see Ray's haircut. Wow, hot, I get not spoiling like script pages, but like a haircut. I think it's great. I love do it. We really care about sure. a haircut? Yeah, we do. Because Ray right. has, you know, it could give Star away Wars something does crazy. Have, like, awesome female hair styles. It's so. got me curious. It's a prerequisite. Yeah. Because what if it shows part of her heritage somehow? Maybe she was just having a bad hair day and this is just a made up <laughs> it was story. an excuse. Yeah. Uh, of interest, if you don't follow Daisy Ridley on Instagram, she's a great follower. She's a super interesting person. Uh, Man, she was so good great in that person. movie. And uh, her workout video, super impressive. Super oh, good impressive. To know. Good to know. Okay. Um,. I saw an article that I thought was interesting. This will, I'll, I'll probably bring it back up. So you've already answered the question. You do care about this one. Yeah, but I'm going to move it over to when we talk about The Secret Life of Pets because it's okay. kind of about that. All right. So Fair enough. Um, and then coming up from the chat, Brian Cranston reveals Power Rangers will be like the Dark Knight. 
I know we already care about this. I care. I care about this. <laughs> Go- <laughs> Well, I haven't had any time to really look into this. So. Uh, he's he's Zordon, uh, is that correct? I think he's yeah. going to play Zordon. Yeah, Zordon. something like that. Um, I, I is that the not guy to that's too in, much attention. He's the dri- he's kind of just the the floating head guy, floating head cat. In okay. The, yeah, yeah. Right, not, floating, not a cat. Floating not, not head a cat. Like, I, I said that like I'm stalking Jive or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. Floating head guy. It's like floating. is this a Cheshire cat from Alice in Wonderland? He's a cat. Power Rangers. He's a cat with a heart of gold. <laughs> it's Brian Cranston as um, Zordon, the cat. So I think the the whole darker tone thing, yeah, I'm just done with it. I'm like, go ahead and have the tone you're supposed to. Like Power Rangers is supposed to have like a fun, silly tone, you know? So At I, first I would, uh, if, let's see. Wait, I want to make sure I understand. So the actor who used to do the voiceover work on Power Rangers TV shows. This isn't the guy. Um, maybe the guy wasn't interested in taking over the role. And so Zandon was this other guy was stepping in Brian Cranston stepping in and so they're just talking about the tone of the movie being darker but I think I agree with you like who who takes Power Rangers seriously right like you really want to make like an adult Power Rangers movie like well, what are and, you thinking like what's I mean I don't need it like a dark Pokemon movie I don't need a dark no, Power Rangers right. movie but now we uh we did Planet Comic-Con this year we had a mm-hmm. panel at Planet Comic-Con yeah, in yeah. The city yeah we followed uh, is it Jason David Frank, who was the white Power Ranger yep. from Power Rangers? And he said, you know, I'm not going to have anything to do with these new Power Ranger movies that are dark like that. Really? It was really funny. Like, if you'd seen him live and in, uh-huh. live and in the person, he he's... It's like, it's he's upsetting. He's an interesting guy. He's so, an interesting cat. He's an interesting cat. cat. <laughs> Human cat. I don't it's know. It's got to be your cat. Uh... I still had stuff about for, uh, fireworks and PBS showing wrong footage of fireworks. Whether we thought that was interesting, uh-huh. I also um, didn't. Wait, know- wait, slow, slow down. Say the headline. Say, do we care? Let us answer the question. Ooh. <laughs> I'm just trying to move us on, man. Uh, should PBS have shown old fireworks footage in its July Fourth show? Do we care? No. Was it? Yeah, I care. Oh, oh, Jack. Cares. Was it original footage from 1776? Oh. Good question. The answer is no. No. There's no footage. <laughs> original footage. If it was original footage from the original 1776. The first 4th of July footage, I can understand. Now, that would have been real fireworks of actual <laughs> yeah, gun, gun battles. Yeah. People called it the, mi- armaments. the Millie Vanilla fireworks is what <laughs> some people are calling it. Yeah, PBS um, needs to do better. Well, what happened is it was overcast. So they were clipping in when they could see the fireworks <laughs> with fireworks from previous years. And people, people were like, uh, clearly, this is not really happening. <laughs> it was right now. they gave it away whenever <laughs> one of the kids that they were filming he shot a couple of Roman candles off, and it was like he was like, eh, thumbs up. Ugh, I cannot. Bad. I you know there are so many things that bottle rockets production teams <laughs> do that for a long time they've just done because they think they're making a show, so they can you know they don't consider it dishonesty. You think of like the quiz show scandal. Mm-hmm. Before that, you know, quiz shows, they were making an entertaining show. They didn't think it was a big deal to give people the answers. Right. Like, you know, they just thought they were making an entertaining show. They didn't realize there was a trust involved with the audience. Right. And so it's interesting to see. We do the deal with that with radio, right? Like, we're supposed to be live sometimes when we're recorded. And so, you know, we say things as if we're live in the moment, right. but it's actually recorded. So, you know, it's... NPR did a uh, vote, and 41% said that uh, the question was, should PBS have shown old fireworks? On the 4th of July show. And they said, yes, if viewers were told about it. But mm-hmm. they just felt like they were duped. Yeah. So It's, in- it's interesting, you know. It's is the There's a y- line there care. somewhere. I don't either. I mean, what about the Yule log at Christmas? Uh, <laughs> is that live? 
That better that, be live now. Is that this I'm year's Yule Log? That thing better be live now. I thought it was live. I is, a, there, is that filmed? I had a friend tell me that they had a like they had like a little video playing of the Yule Log, and someone was there, and they're like, "When is this thing ever going to burn down?" And it was just like, you know, just like one of those repeating videos you just have in the background, and they're like, "Oh, honey, that's just not how this works." <laughs> All right, that's it. That's it for do we care? I I, I thought you out, had one more. I thought you had. I X'd out of like three others. I was like counting along. Nope. See, now I'm not prepared. That's okay. No worries. We'll just blame it on me. <laughs> blame it on Zordon. Blame it on Zordon. Blame it on the fire. Yeah. yeah. God. That actually combined both of those last stories because Millie Vanilli and, uh, and Zara. Yeah. I like that. That was like really it. nice. I totally forgot that was Millie Vanilli. That's music from The Secret Life of Pets. That's what we're going to talk about for our movie today. I like this music. I didn't get a chance to see The Secret Life of Pets, so I'm excited to hear what you guys thought of it. Uh, you had said that this was one you might be interested. So yeah. if you have any questions on it, like things that you know you would want to ask or any information, because when Danae hasn't seen a movie, lots of times she'll look up kind of things about it and wiki it a little bit for us. So you can do that. But yeah, Jack and I did, uh, got a chance to see The Secret Life, Life of Pets yesterday. And uh, let's talk a little bit just overall, Jack, would you say you liked it, loved it, hated it, thought it was okay or didn't like it? Two, uh, two things. I loved it. Wow. And I loved it because the um, it was just really funny. I laughed out loud a couple times. And my son loved it as well. Aww. My wife was there as well. That's always nice. She thought it was great. Man, my son, he just cackled a couple times. <laughs> I loud. He's got a loud laugh, too. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I think that uh, I would have to go with liked it. And just barely. Like, uh, just over it was okay to liked it. So I think you enjoyed it much more than I did. Um, I can see how it's a great family movie. It really seems like it'd be a lot of fun for a family. Actually, two of my boys were there. They had a great time, um, my younger two. And it, it, there's nothing about it that as a parent, you're like, oh, do I have to sit through this? Yeah. But at the same time, there wasn't anything about it for me that was like, oh, I love this. Right. So I'm interested to get into kind of those things. Let's start there. What were some of the things that make, gave you to that next level where you're like, oh, I love The Secret of Pets? Um, secret life. Of pets. I don't want to give away the secret pets. <laughs> the secret of Nim. Um, the Wonder Pets. The Wonder Pets unite. Um, spoilers? We're not giving away spoilers. No, correct? no spoilers here. Okay. We'll do a spoiler cast okay. that, that you can tune into I, in I the say, podcast feed. If I talk about like uh, Kevin Hart, mm-hmm. does one of the voices. Yeah. And I just thought he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, that's a great character. I, he he maybe he led it led it enough for me that man, it was just really really funny to me. I think so, that was a big a big thing for me. I didn't expect that coming in. Maybe I didn't have it. I didn't have an expectation either for this movie. Yeah, does that make sense? I've seen the previews and uh, I was intrigued enough to say this is something I'd go watch. And then since we were talking about this on here, I thought this is great. Yeah, check it out. See what you like. I I broke I broke the uh, pledge on this movie. Yeah. I mean, even though I didn't see the movie. Uh, the I zero did, frames pledge. I did actually do not. It's now oh. time for the Sif Pop zero frames. No, 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 pledge. no, no. You can't call it Sif Pop because I, I don't, I don't know how. I, I Aaron Dicer, commit to seeing each movie in its purest storytelling form, not allowing a single moment of the story to be seen out of story context through trailers or early scene releases. As much as it is within <laughs> me, oh. I will see every frame of this movie for the first time as a whole work. 
We now recite the zero frame motto. Oh, the story just won't be the same if you've seen a single frame. So zero frame becomes our goal to see movies complete and whole. Hashtag zero frames. Thank what's, you. Continue. What's the kid in the movie Up who has like the little motto that he did? Like the animal motto? Oh, it's whatever. The Up kid? Carl? Like the Carl. No, Carl's the old guy, right? Yeah, Carl's the elderly man. Uh, it's the Cub Scout-esque thing. Yeah, whatever he had some Eagle sort Scout of like thing. a... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And when I went to Disney or Disney World... Was oh, Animal, Animal Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah, Animal it has Kingdom. the little thing you do where you, you can go get the around badges. and you, yeah, you get a badge too, and they make you recite this motto whenever you're asked. You like you're supposed to recite this motto, and you have like a little booklet uh-huh. that goes yeah, along yeah, yeah. with really? it. Yeah, explore, explore, yeah, yeah, badge, some badge, yeah. Wilderness explorers, super fun. Like yeah. I, I highly recommend it for any of the kids. It's really really fun. But uh, or adults who are childlike <laughs> like myself, um, it was the one way that I got through Animal Kingdom without breaking down and crying over the animals in captivity. But anyway, <laughs> Russell, <laughs> Russell, Russell. Yes, yeah. um, that was the motto. Whenever you do that, it, I just always see you as this like, <laughs> little overzealous Russell. little Russell. <laughs> so I get excited. But so I, you were saying you haven't wa- you well, did watch something? Yeah, I think when Finding Dory, uh, when we're watching Finding Dory, the the interesting thing about the previews for this is that they started to put uh, the preview out, but it was just the rock star poodle scene, you know, the, with the music, the yeah. real mm-hmm. hard music. That was all that the teaser trailer was for a really long time, um, and I I could not avoid that one part because it's so loud, you know, in a theater. And then during Dory, they had like the full trailer, and so I got to see more of how the storyline developed. And so I guess I was curious, like, what did you think of just the general storyline? Um, uh, like, did it did it move well? You know. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because we really didn't do a synopsis or anything like that. Basically, this is a movie about what happens when you leave your pets behind. Right. And it focuses on Max, who is voiced by Louis C.K., oh, yeah. and what happens when another dog is brought into the mix. And this is Toy Story with pets. Oh, like, interesting. Down the line. Right. Like, I mean, like there's, Buzz Lightyear yeah. I mean, shows yeah. up. This, yeah. it, is, it is absolutely the plot of Toy Story in so many ways. In fact, it starts as Toy Story 1. And ends his Toy Story 2. It's really interesting, kind of all the things that... In fact, this movie starts... <laughs> this is kind of a spoiler. I guess it's the very first frame of the movie. It starts on a white cloud on a blue background, just like Toy Story does. I expected it to pan back and be like the wallpaper on Andy's room. Who, I mean, it was... Who did this movie then? It was Illumination, the people that do minions. Um, the minions oh, okay. and those kind of things. So, oh, okay. so yeah, it is. That is the basic plot That's of smart, this movie. Though. But That's isn't smart it on their part? Isn't it something to be told though that you just retell good stories? Yeah, sure. You know, sure. so I'm actually one who doesn't mind that. I don't. Yeah. You know, like when people knock Avatar, for instance, for being you know just Pocahontas, Pocahontas meets you know Fern Gully, <laughs> Fern Gully or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Fern um, Gully was the best. <laughs> I love Fern. That guys me up. Like for Batty, me, I'm like, <laughs> my name right, I is to... Patty. What logic is erratic? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, continue. Get it out of your system. But oh, gravity works. <laughs> when people say that, I'm the one that goes, I don't care. If it's a great story, it doesn't bother me that, you know, that it, quote unquote, pays homage to something else or, quote unquote, steals it. It You know, whatever the case is, that doesn't matter so much to me. So I didn't. that didn't bother me. I just use it as a point of reference for kind of what the story is and kind of what it's about with these dogs and these animals and what they're going through so eventually there's an adventure things happen and the animals have to you know unite unite and find their way back home all that kind of stuff same as again toy story 2 so that's the basic plot so what were you curious about whether the story works well i so one of the headlines i thought i saw and i don't 
I know we're really not going to be going into spoilers here, but here's here's the headline. Um, if I can find it, sorry. Secret Life of Pets review. Uh, even the poop jokes are smart. Oh wait, no, that's not it. <laughs> that's not it. Sorry about that. Uh, okay, here it is for real. What the Secret Life of Pets gets wrong about black power and white privilege. What? And there has been. I didn't see that at all. This was. This came out. I mean, if you want to talk about Zootopia, I think you can see a lot of racial issues in Zootopia, but... See, okay, so Zootopia, you know, was... I I did feel like it had some of that in there, but this is uh, Jason Johnson posting on The Root. And uh, this... I think the article came out on the 7th, so yesterday, when, I, yeah. when it popped up. So I'm not sure... I Since I didn't see the movie, yeah. I don't kind of understand what's being talked about here, but I wondered if you guys had no. any of that... During the no, I'm show. racking okay. my brain. I'm oh, racking I'm my brain to figure trying out exactly to figure out the racial they, stuff. Yeah, and I'm not seeing it in this storyline. So. Kevin Hart. I didn't want to say. Kevin Hart's a white bunny, <laughs> and he's a black man in real life. Well, and there's but, but there are a lot of articles too, you know, coming out today with him specifically taking on and talking about race stuff. Well, as obviously, well. I mean, race is so. on all our minds right today, now with a lot yeah. of yeah. recent events. Yeah. So certainly, I but, don't know that that was intended though. So you think they're just trying to pull it out of nowhere? I don't know. I, I don't know. Why. Like I, I just, I let a, I an animated like, movie be a, well, just an was, animated movie. Well, that was like, one yeah. of my one of my issues with the movie. I'll just say it because we're having this conversation. Is that I don't know that there is much thematically here. Like it's just a fun story. I don't know. Like they're it trying has, to say something. Yeah, or whatever. It, the themes seem to be about friendship and possibly you know adapting to new friendship and those kind of things, but. I, I'm not seeing there much. was a lot of diversity in the movie. There, in there certainly is that. We've but got I don't cats see... get getting along with dogs. Mm-hmm. We have another group that has cats and dogs snakes living in it. together. Mass hamster. hysteria. Even the hawk and the <laughs> hamster are getting along. So, but I didn't sense I didn't sense a point on the movie maker's part That's that they're trying to say something about that. Every hey, I gotta feel. I feel like. Picasso has a lot of paintings that he painted, and they weren't all the self-portrait where he cut his ear off, all right? So, so maybe it's just I'm just saying that was Van Gogh, wasn't it? <laughs> that was Van Gogh, yeah. I, but still. Picasso had some normal ones where his face wasn't all digitized weird. There you go, yeah. Mies knows art. Mies knows art's well. <laughs> all right, I just briefly like scanned through this article and uh, did a quick, you know, find search for just the word racism, and it was Secret yeah. Life of Pets, Kevin Hart. I'll fight racism and win an Oscar playing a white bunny. So I think it's more like him playing the voice of a white creature racism rather than finding a theme inside of the movie racism. That's weird. But it was weird because it popped up at the same time as I saw the article by Jason Johnson saying that he picked up themes in there. But maybe like you said, there's just a sensitivity to it. Um, so, I don't know, and, and listen, I'm, I'm plenty, uh, uh, plenty able to say I may have just missed it. Like I'll miss that stuff sometimes, but I, I'm just I'm racking my I brain. I wasn't looking and, for it. Either. I don't go. Yeah. In, I don't go into things looking for that. Either. Right. And I kind of do, not necessarily for that, but I, I really do look for like themes and you know what a movie is trying to say. And I just I, I feel like sometimes that, that there are like subtle, uh, subtle things that you know aid to racism without. You know, maybe they're even actually being an intention to, or like it mm-hmm. kind of strikes on something. Right. So, you know, maybe there's institutional just racism, now, that kind of stuff. Yeah. There are there are things that uh, are, oh, not even overt. There are things that are obviously in certain movies. Mm-hmm. You talk about Fern Gully. Yeah. I mean, that was a blatant. 
don't kill the environment, save the rainforest. Like, yeah. It's obvious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are other movies, though, that's like, it's just a movie. And, and this is just a movie. Just trying to make a movie here. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yep. Okay. Well, that was one of my main questions kind of going in. So I'm glad to kind of get that out of the way. That's How is not the... a take I would have thought I of. Will say, I will say, you mentioned character work, specifically Kevin Hart, as something yeah. that you really loved about the movie. That is actually one of the things I enjoyed a lot about the movie as well. Not just Kevin Hart. I thought the character development overall in this movie was great in that all of these, there are a lot of characters in this movie, but I felt like I understood them all. Like they were enough defined. They had their roles. You knew who they were. And, and you enjoyed watching them. Yes. Like down the line, uh, Albert Brooks, as you mentioned, is the, the Hawk, you know, Um, just seeing him coming off of, you know, finding Dory where he's Marlin again. And now hear his voice as a different type of animal was kind of, Interesting. Good for, Good for Albert Brooks that he gets but, work um, like that too. I thought down the line the performance. I thought Louis C.K. was great. Yeah, he did. He didn't try job. to oversell it. How, you know, how was the animation? Oh, it was I beautiful. It was great. Yeah, it was beautiful. That's almost a given anymore. Well, in animated films, if something you know? was bad, it'd be hilarious now. Like it'd be like, <laughs> what am I looking at here? I guess that's true. It's been a long time since I've really been alarmed. The only animation. By CG. Well, the only animation you really get on is. When it's I, mixed animation, when guess, it's CG animation in a yes, live action film, then you can kind of. Let me clarify. Rather than how was the animation, like how was the art, how was the drawing of the creatures and mm-hmm. just the presentation? Because that's the, it looked, man, it looked really, really. The good. The only thing I had a problem with, and I think what you're talking the about, like design and, elements. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 the design element. I loved the, all the animal design except for uh, the dog that came in. Yeah, what, uh, Duke. Duke, the big dog, Duke, played by Eric Stone Street, who you know from Modern. What Family. kind of dog is he supposed to be? I'm not sure, like I'm but he just—he yeah. reminded me of Fonzie, like from the Muppets. Oh, Fozzie. Oh, yeah. Fozzie. Fozzie. Sorry. Hey, <laughs> not, not Fozzie. <laughs> Sorry, I just jumped the shark. The I love it though. I love it. He <laughs> reminded me of the Fonz. Hey. He's so cool. Um, what up, Richie? No, Fozzie. He reminded Fonzie me of Fozzie Bear up. from the Muppets so much. It, I just couldn't. Uh, not maybe not Fozzie. No, 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 no. Who's the? Who's the? I'm not thinking of Fozzie. I'm thinking of Ralph. 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 Oh, yes. Yeah. Ralph. I said, I did it do? I go. I said Ralph. <laughs> Ralph, you know Ralph the dog. Ralph, Ralph, Ralph and Fonzie. That's a different show, but Ralph. hey, we got there. Uh, he reminded me so much of Ralph that that it, it kind of distracted me a little bit. And I and it, it was just he was too big. It was just too. There was something too much about his design for me. Really, yeah. really. And and uh, the man, she brought this up. The, the uh, I'm, I'm not an artist. Obviously, I'm talking about Picasso, and I have no freaking clue about it. <laughs> but. The his his overall his coat yeah did look kind of cartoony at times yeah like reminded me of the Mutz Cuts van from Dumb and Dumber oh yes, yes. yeah that, that sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. weird kind of texture yeah but he was a dog with that texture and then I was like what kind of dog was such he? a great reference yeah what kind of dog was he I don't know a big dog I bet Danae would have known if she'd have seen what's him. the actor that played him it's Cam from uh, Modern Family yeah Eric Stone Street Eric Stone Street Stone yeah. Street and he did a good job yeah no no the I voice wasn't sure what kind of dog it was really good I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, I think I probably could have taken a guess at it. I was thinking because it reminded me of a sheepdog, mm-hmm. but like brown. Yeah, exactly. Which is, is weird. Is there such a thing? No. Okay. I don't actually. I don't know. I just said that just to sound smart. <laughs> it would have been nice maybe at the end of the movie that they actually kind of had a little. This is a Jack Terrier, you know. <laughs> this was have a... your pet spayed and neutered. <laughs> Thank you, Bob Barker. Save a pet before you want to go buy a breed. That's actually one of my concerns after a really great pet movie is that there's like suddenly this interest. <gasps> we need a puppy. In not only yeah, getting a puppy, but getting a specific breed of a dog. Mm. Like after Beethoven. Yeah. You know how many people wanted to go get a Saint Bernard? We went on a 
a float trip a couple weeks ago, and there was this family in their canoe that had this. It had three people in the canoe, and this gigantic Saint Bernard. I was like, "Man, that's a miserable day right there." As I'm paddling by, I'm gonna keep going. Do not stop and pet the dog. Seriously, do not stop and pet the dog, which miserable. is so hard for me to do because if I would have seen that, I'd have been like, "Hey, can I pet your dog?" There is there is something to be said about it. You don't often think about that, but because you have that immediate desire to have a dog and it's not backed up by the long-term dedication to what it takes to really care for like a Michael Scott an animal. level yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah then i think that can can definitely cause some problems uh was there anything else that you really enjoyed about the the movie as you kind of think back on it it was fun and that's why when you when, if you pull just the topic of race in it and then it i'm like oh no i just kind of liked it was really lighthearted mm-hmm. that's so I, interesting i never felt like uh-oh these dogs are going to all die or <laughs> Oh, here comes the dog catcher. They're all going to be euthanized. I, you know what I'm saying? And it wasn't like, I didn't feel like I was being beat over the head with a topic. Right. Oh, I just kind of went to the movie. and Yeah, yeah. And, you know. Did I, you feel like the humor was, um, like, extremely funny? It was um, funny enough where I laughed, and it was funny enough where my son laughed. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't, uh, I don't know. All the way through, I felt like. It wasn't Chappelle's show funny, but it was. <laughs> right. All the way through, I it felt was, like. Um, it was pretty funny. All the way through, I felt like this is like smile humor, but not necessarily laugh out you know, loud. Like maybe humor. bit comedy if it was humans. Yeah, it would be like bit comedy. Yeah, it was just something that, that felt a little like it didn't quite hit the humor or the heart that I feel like it wanted to. It was there. It was pleasant enough. It was really charming. It was really fun. Right. But it just didn't quite go to that next level for me. So I think that's kind of where kind of where I landed on. And I also felt like this is in. Maybe this will be my one more thing. Maybe we can kind of close up with this unless, Dina, you have any more questions. I'm continuing to just read articles, and I find it interesting because, you know, you guys are the, – the diversity of uh, – this one's coming from Vox. Uh, Alex Abad Santos um, thought that the movie was mean. Thought it was mean. The mean? It, was a, it was kind of dark and – so it's like, it's dark like, and mean? You're, you're talking about how like you're like <laughs> can we see a different movie than everybody else <laughs> so so that's what's funny though like uh, seriously you know because like i mean Jack's there is some Jack's you're talking about I'm like i'm just trying this is my this is my thinking face for <laughs> you can't see this if you're listening but so i'm so trying to just, think of where i'm just thinking it's aggressive there are moments where it's aggressive yeah, like the underground like and a little dark uh and you know possibly that kind of thing. But, but all of that is played for kind of over the top laughs. It's not. It's not played to be genuine. Oh man! In that way, That's weird. Like, isn't, isn't that interesting? It's like they saw a different movie. Well, I kind of expected that it was just going to be like a just a fun animated movie. Like, I and, thought and it was. The experience that you guys have. Yeah. So when I didn't get to go, and I started to just like look through articles to see some of them that are just kind of coming out about like that it's more serious. I'm like, man, maybe I should have gone to see this. This seems like something that was like what? really thought provoking. What was serious about this movie? <laughs> I, I didn't see it. I did not see it. I, I, you know what? I'm just out of touch. I must be out of touch. <laughs> Me too. Oh my you goodness. Know? I mean, it's um, like, golly. My one more thing. Uh, I will mention this. I feel like this movie was through a lot of stuff at the wall. Like there was always something going on, whether it be a, a joke or a plot line or a character or a relation. Like there was always something new they were throwing at you. There was you. never a dip in the action. Exactly. Like there was never a dip. And there's two sides to that, right? Like the one side is that's great. It always keeps your attention. Never got bored. The other side is that, you know, only a certain percentage of that is going to stick, you know? So mm-hmm. I come away from it going, you know, what was your percentage of completion with all that stuff you were throwing at me? And for me, you know, it was just about half you know it was like one out of every two things kind of stuck with me or i thought was you know worked so there's a lot of spaghetti thrown against the wall and 
you know, not all of it mm, stuck. Spaghetti. I love spaghetti. Got one more thing, Jack? Meatballs. Um, I've just been blown away by <laughs> this underlying uh, apparent <laughs> tone here that I didn't even know about in this movie. It's like the, I don't know. I feel bad for bringing it up in a way. Oh, don't I, feel, no, no, don't feel bad. It's like I've, now I'm, it's like in my, in my, in my little brain, I'm trying to figure out exactly what I, where I missed that, 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 you know, stopping the station there, but. Well, that's just the fun part about any kind of a movie or book or whatever you know you can kind of go in and people get different things at different times so i'm glad you guys had a pretty good time watching it because i enjoyed it i thought i thought that after uh when i watched the preview on finding dory i thought it looked pretty good so i don't know if i'll go see it but i have one more question i've never done this before but i'm interested to do this i have given it a great you know, I do that with my reviews. If you've already seen my review, then then don't guess. But I want you to guess based on how I've talked about the movie. What grade do you think I'm going to give it? Uh, because you, I'm always interested. You grade out of ten or no? I uh, do a uh, letter grade. Oh, so oh. like you're at school. Uh, I think you gave it a B minus. Today, uh, F sharp. <laughs> uh, you hit it exactly, Jack. I gave it a B minus. Yeah, I'm always interested in seeing, because I know, Danae, you've talked about watching my reviews and hearing me talk and going, oh, he's going to give this a horrible grade, and then I'll give it like a C plus or something, and you, you're surprised. I just wonder sometimes how it matches up. You I, know? Li- I like giving out harsh grades. why I didn't <laughs> turn into a teacher. We want to make time to thank our Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. That is where you can find more information about all the things we're doing out of our studio uh, including this podcast, Sif Pop, and others like Shoe the Dough, all supported by our fans. And thank you so much to our Patreon supporters who are already giving. And if you would like to consider giving, do so at patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. Even just a buck a month is super, super helpful. Um, and you're kind of giving towards even bigger goals that we have here in the studio. We could not do it without you. Thank you so much to those who support and thank you to those who are going to means the world to us. You can check out all the perks, everything at patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. Ah, yes. The sounds of Game of Thrones. The sounds of Game of Thrones for me was pages turning. So... (laughs) This different. is an interesting one to talk about. We, you know, we've we've briefly talked about this one before, and Game of Thrones is one of those things. You know, we come from a Christian community, and mm. it was a show that very much was adult. Graphic you know, HBO super. show. Yeah, it's yes. a graphic HBO show. Yeah. And so, you know, especially a lot of my friends were like, you know, how do you watch this? You know, with all the trash and all that kind of stuff. And it has turned away from, I mean, not completely, obviously, but it has focused so much on the storytelling of this world. Mm. It is one of the most intricate and interesting and compelling stories I have ever seen. Right. I'm thinking like Tolkien level of world building and character building. And, you know, um, I mean, it's an interesting discussion to have about content and how you decide what, you know, content you allow yourself to see. Or uh, I, would, I was almost going to say your children, but with this one, I would, you know. I don't know anybody yeah, that's letting their reminder. children watch no, Game my, of Thrones. My, yeah. but, just a yeah. reminder, if you do have kids listening, this would be a really good time to just skip I mean, to the end. We're going yeah. to keep it because, clean well, ourselves. I know, but, but let's just be honest. Game of Thrones, the the subject matter of Game of Thrones is there's nothing that's not on the table as far as 
you know, violence towards other people. Yeah, we will be uh, talking about topics. Relationships, interrelationships between, you Brothers know, families and, sisters and, and yeah, the anything. complications between not just parents, but siblings. And, and and that is part of why I think Game of Thrones has been a dangerous topic for many people because this is not something that everybody wants to see. And I haven't seen it. I've just read about it. And as somebody who has an active imagination, it's kind of like the same thing. You know, I've seen it in my imagination. Well, and some would say that's even more uh, explicit, you know, when you're creating your own worlds as opposed to actually, you know, because there are no boundaries in your imagination, whereas there are always boundaries, you know, when you actually put something to film. But let's start there, Danae, because you may be jumping out of this conversation at some point because I know you very much don't want to know what happens in the TV show. So uh, the author of this book, George R.R. Martin, or the series rather, um, he has not completely written the series. However, it was picked up by HBO. And so HBO started going through the books. And at first, I remember when Aaron, the uh, Game of Thrones first came out, it actually went along with the books really pretty well. Pretty closely, pretty closely. And, and, and so uh, we were very excited, and we talked about it on, at that time. So I really dedicated myself to continuing to read it so that I could you know, stay kind of you know, in line. Uh, eventually, I fizzled out of the story. The Where did way- you land? Where have you gotten in the books? Let me make sure that I get this There are correct. four books right now, right? And a fifth one that's supposed to be coming mm-hmm. at some He's point. been writing on that for a long time. Yeah, and well, each book is three hundred to 400,000 pages like uh, not a thousand oh goodness <laughs> i was gonna say i was wow. almost like whoa whoa <laughs> 300 400 pages it's they're very lengthy books i think i made it for through the first three and when i got into the fourth book which if i remember correctly is i think ice and fire or something like that the way that he was writing the series shifted and mm. i didn't really have mm. any like going into that book i didn't know that that was what's going to happen so if you if you ever get into a book you know reading you're like charging through it Mm-hmm. Almost linear, like because you're like, I'm gonna get through this. I want to know what's gonna happen, yeah. and I know, of course, going in, there's no ending to it yet, anyway. But the, the, that fourth book um, sh- shifted everything around to where all of a sudden he's going back in time and having a second story that picks up where the other storylines were, and so it's different characters, different uh, like continent, mm-hmm. different things, and they're all gonna weave in, but. I was so invested in the characters that I had been with for three books that I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't do this shift again. Gears to go, you, you're like, I don't want to, sh- I don't want to yeah. shift gears to go to some some other place. Because you're right, it is such a diverse book. He, uh, the way that George writes his characters and the way that he presents the, it, them to you, and Aaron, you're starting to read them now. So you I probably, just read the first chapter of the first book. So it's just a little bit. Thank you. But it's ex- you. I've read all the Wikipedia. Is there more? <laughs> is there more to it than that first? Just a little chapter? bit. Okay. Just a little bit. It's it's really interesting because you're very you're very interested in the complexity of these characters and the way that he reveals their story and their information. You genuinely come to care for them, and then he kills them <laughs> over and Spoiler over alert. and Everybody over dies. and over again. And that's the thing about this is this is not a book about a character. This is a book about a world. A world. Yeah. And and it's like watching a time of history of the different powers that come into play in all of this complexity of this world. But when you start reading it, you know, you're kind of thinking that you're just going to be with this character for the first. Well, the first. But the show was that way too. Oh man, when it's you hard. started watching the show, right. you really thought. And we won't do. We'll we'll do some Game of Thrones spoiler talk. I think when we do a spoiler sure. se- uh, segment here, um, that should be in the podcast feed. 
but I don't want to give too much away, even about previous seasons of Game of Thrones. But just to say, the characters that you think you're being built to care for for the long run, yeah, don't always end up being no. for the right. long run at right. all. You yeah, have to, and it's it almost is like shocking. You just because, never know what's coming around the corner. Yeah, so, yeah. So the the thing is about you know them building the Game of Thrones world and introducing it into, you know, the HBO doing, you know, television series and choosing to continue to show the graphicness of that world and not to shy away from that. I think that was another one of those Rome moments mm. because HBO did a series called Rome years ago mm -hmm. and it was very graphic and it was, you know, which HBO, that's part of kind of what they've always mm. been willing to do is kind of have those more intense stories and things like that. And, um, so it reminded uh, several of my friends of the show Rome because it would just go in and it would it had the violence. It had, you know, the nudity had the the sexuality was there, too. Mm -hmm. And it didn't shy away from any of that. So Game of Thrones comes in, but they have this deep story to play with. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was kind of interesting when George decided to talk to the producers about where he is going with this story. I'm curious about that. Have you read about that? Because yeah. I didn't know. I know that they are now ahead of the books. Yes, now. they are ahead this of the books. Season six is the first season that has gone out ahead of the books mm -hmm. and is talking about storylines that, you know, haven't come to the page yet. And, and and he has complete freedom, in my understanding, to, to write his own ending. Yes. Like He can take the book wherever yes. he wants to take he, it. He has a part in the production of the show, though, yes. at least from the storytelling part of it. Yeah, he's involved in the project. Right. But as far yeah, exactly what you said, Aaron, as far as I know, that's he's revealed their trajectory, the character's trajectory and where he is going. But they're no longer really concerned about staying true to what George is going to do, because if they wait, mm -hmm. then they're then. All their these, schedule is all these yeah. characters age, like the actors and actresses are mm -hmm. aging and like right. they can't you know you, you you can't do that we saw it with harry potter you know right you know you, you they just, managed to pull that off you know because okay, well, yeah. they did it you know quick enough yep. but yeah um, but that can definitely happen for sure no it's it's really interesting i don't think there's ever been a property like this has there where no. it's based on a book and then the television series you know catches up and jumps ahead of the book it's it's really interesting. I listened to a podcast. It's been about a year ago. That was actually a podcast from 2010 that George R. R. Martin was on, mm -hmm. and the, the the host of the podcast said, "Now because they were casting men for Game of Thrones," and he said, and "They said, Don, do you do you feel like the show will ever outrun your writing? Because he's I mean slow writer. He's like, I have a, I mean at that time I think a four or five book head start. He's like." He goes, the first, what did he say? The first uh, book could be two seasons on it, on its own. I They'll never catch up. <laughs> and I swear to you, you could go back. I had to fight, figure out which, I can't remember what, which one it was. But it, he said they'll never, they'll never be able to catch up. But which if is they, hilarious because they, they caught up. It's funny because if they had chosen to go into the books in full depth, I think he's right. Yeah, two things would have happened. Number one, they wouldn't have caught up. Number two, they would have had a much worse TV it show. It would have been a horrible television show <laughs> right. because you just can't do that. Well, because they can yeah. buffet, they, can't. they can buffet the TV show and be like, "This is good. This is good. This is good." But you have to choose your storylines, right. and they are choosing those storylines, and and they're kind of choosing who to highlight, yeah. which the book does too. And you do have a main cast of characters and a main family line that are going, you know, through the story. So, but without. Without going into spoilers, I want to talk about something else that I'm really starting to love about this property, uh, beyond the world building, which is insane. Yep. Um, I wasn't sure if this story overall was going to be able to live up to its promise. 
in this season, I think we're getting glimpses of things that have long been prepared for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. paying off in ways where you're going, oh, this is genius. Mon- I'm, I'm thinking payoff. of two very specific that maybe we'll go to in, in the spoilers mm-hmm. that happened this season that I'm going, oh, wow, that's smart. Yeah. You know, um, just smart storytelling. A Feast of Crows, I think, is where I got. Just, was the name of the book? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Sorry, go ahead. So, no, no, no. So that's one of the things that I'm loving about you know this season as opposed to others where I'm just you know enjoying the world building and the characters and those kind of things. And this season I'm going, oh, we're going somewhere really interesting. And it's coming together in a way mm-hmm. that I don't know that I thought it could. Right. And somebody in the live chat asked uh, what we think about there only being 15 episodes left. Uh, which I think is two more seasons with like seven or eight episodes in in those two seasons. I think that's great. Right. I think it's perfect. In fact, that feels exactly right to me. Right. I just to finish was, out this story. I, would, I just wish it was available right now yeah. for me to watch all fifteen in a row and call it a day. I wonder if that's what I'll do. If I'll wait until it's all you know come out and then I'll jump in and watch the show. Um, but again, part of me is just like I got so into the books. I love to read the books first. Right. It's one of my most favorite mm-hmm. things because then I understand references so much better. But then, of course, the TV show is created for people who love TV. It's not like, right. you yeah. know, it's just that I happen to, you know, might happen to know more information about a character that you see. Right. Or, um, it's, it's really interesting because I'm like, I have visual, quote unquote, memories from the book that I'm really curious. Did they do this in the book? Did they do this or in the, did this in the show? Did they do this in the show? Mm-hmm. So I think I'll probably go back and read the first three again, just to kind of like, before you finish up. Yeah. Cause we've got plenty of time, man. <laughs> I mean, come on. We have a lot of time. I don't know. I, I George I've is going to be this. writing this I've for a long, long you, time. I think, I mean, I, you, we all have the choices that we make with, you know, how we decide to, to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, address content. But I've told you, I really think you should watch the TV show even before that book comes out. Like, I think it's different enough. I just don't know what's there for me that I don't already have in my imagination. Yeah, it could be. It could be you absolutely I mean? right on that. Yeah. And my Jason Momoa. You could see him. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Okay. Well, exactly. <laughs> is he playing Aquaman? He's Aquaman. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Oh, yeah. Continue. Aquaman. Cal, yeah. He's Cal Drago. <laughs> okay. That's all I'm going to say. That's <laughs> <laughs> all you have to say. I'm just going to say. <laughs> Uh, I would highly recommend if you like fantasy novels and you're not, uh, I, I think Game of Thrones is a great, great series. Talk a little bit about the spoiler thing for you, because you really are oh, trying yeah. not to know what's going to happen in the future of the book you haven't finished and also the it's next book. It's so crazy. Book. One of my sites that I go to fairly regularly is uh, a, an image site called Imager, and it's kind of in conjunction with Reddit. So a lot of people post their mm. images and they'll, you know. The, they link them over to their Reddit articles. Memes and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's meant to be, you know, one of the largest image sharing or image uh, websites and um, started by a couple of college students. And it's a really interesting community and it's all upvotes, downvotes. So if you upvote a picture, it gets the front page. If you downvote it, it gets downvoted into oblivion. Hmm. And there's so many people using it and they'll make memes, they'll make pictures and they will have either spoilers or clues. And it's just incredible. I have had to like, just like just like when I see a shark picture, I just very quickly browse by it. Yeah. And even though I saw the shark picture and I can still recall it if I want to, I just try to launch it out of my mind. And then I so I'll see things that'll pop up that are from Game of Thrones and it is a progression of a story somehow, but I am missing the point because I, I have no reference. But I know that has to involve like a main character or something like that. So it frustrates me because I am trying not to, you know, find out pretty much who gets killed next or you know, who's going to do what. Um, right. 
for the most part, I think I've, I've, I'm pretty clear on it. Have you picked it, up but... on some stuff, even trying yeah. to? Yeah, I've That's picked up rough. On it. That's rough. I'm so is. sorry. I like. I know it'd be nice if there was a way to push a button in our lives and say, okay, none of this gets through to me. Plot you know? all references to yeah. character like, let or me whatever. Push, let me push this. hard to do, though. Yeah. Let me push the Star Wars button, okay? No Star Wars spoilers are ever going to get through to me. You know, like, to be able to do that. And it's just the world doesn't work that way, especially would with it, this. Would it block connected... Mark Hamill out, too, though? <laughs> <laughs> is that a bad thing? Is well, that awful? He's okay. He's, he's a great. good guy. I mean, he seems everything Harrison Ford. Would he be blocked out as well? I don't know anything to do with the Star Wars movies. I would hope so, um, but yeah. But I, I understand that that um, it's, it's dilemma. Like, you it's know? like when when Star Wars came out, it was almost impossible to go onto the internet and not be spoiled if you didn't see it quickly. So right. it's just like that. But with Game of Thrones, you just never know when it's going to pop up because it's such a huge fan base, you know, that are watching the show, and and there are shocking things that happen in in the show and in the in the book. Right. That people want to go talk about so they're you know that's the freedom of the internet you go talk about it in your yeah. forums and well know. and i think the other part is um you know you were you mentioned this when the show started and you know you were reading the books i was watching the show um you i already know, knew it was gonna happen you knew care. it was gonna happen but and so we could have those conversations mm-hmm. and now it's like i'm looking for someone who's that's kind of why i started reading the books because <laughs> i like i want somebody to talk to about how the books are different than the show you know right. how is the world different how much deeper is it you know all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, Danae isn't, I'm sorry. can't be that anymore. So, sorry. you know, I have to kind of be that for myself. <laughs> but when you guys talk spoilers a little bit later on, um, I'll just step out of the room and you guys can just have at it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Absolutely. Because uh, there are definitely some doozies in season six. Man, amazing stuff. Oh. Uh, by the way, if you would like to listen to the spoiler episode, it's a separate Sif Pop episode. You'll have it in your feed. It'll be called, you know, episode whatever number and then the letter B after it. And it'll say spoiler special. So that way, as, you, as soon as you open it up, you should know right away that you're going into spoiler territory. And if you're interested in hearing the spoiler on Game of Thrones, it will be uploaded to your podcast feed later today. I will say one more thing before we get to our buried treasure that I, I do not believe is is a spoiler in any way, shape, or form, unless it's a spoiler spoiler for you to know there are battles that happen. Um, I no, I will Hel- say helicopters <coughs> are a spoiler though. That's so right, helicopters are a spoiler, but not battles. Um, <laughs> they're they're the way this show handles visual effects, uh, you know, battle scenes, all that kind of stuff. Specifically, this season is as good, if not better than any fantasy movie that has been made, including Lord Isn't of the Rings. Isn't that amazing, though, that they can even do that? I, every single show does that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't think every looks, single show does that. It, but I'm saying it looks like a movie. Yeah. That blows this my mind. This show certainly does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, what I'm, that's one of the questions down. I had for you guys just before we move on to the, the uh, buried treasure, is as someone who has never watched the show, I guess and I just assume that it's all based on just the interesting story. But it is in how they produce the show. Oh, for sure. And, and the acting in, and the... And the costuming. And it is in the... You know, all of that is part of it. so well produced. It kind of reminds me of when Lord of the Rings came out. And mm. just such a thankfulness as a fan that they actually built that world up. And they really gave it detail and cared and it about it. it wasn't hokey. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it had, had Lord of the Rings been done... Yeah. A decade before that, it would have been so bad. Okay, horrible. Danny DeVito would have been in it. It's <laughs> a guarantee. I guarantee you. I'm just saying. I know he would have been in it. What is Gimli? <laughs> Probably. What are we doing here again with this ring? Oh. My oh man. <laughs> I think Sorry. they do. No, I think they do a great, uh, great job That's with awesome. all of kind of those production elements, yeah. and I think they take good care of it. And I mean, just I think they know how to. You know, you talk about how the book will build somebody up and then they're gone. You know, we've already talked about that a little bit. 
uh, and you start to get worried, like, oh no, they did such a great job with that character. Is there going to be anybody able to replace them? And they just they cast so well, and there's always a new character coming in mm-hmm. that's done so well, and all of a sudden you have somebody new to you know lock into and be compelled. Or someone by comes and, back on from previous, you know, yeah, previous yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, all that stuff's really well. A couple done. things in the chat uh, agreement that that was the greatest battle scene ever put on screen. Is I, what, what I really believe that, and I, I'm a Helm's Deep lover. Like Helm's Deep and Lord of the Rings has previously held that oh, title for, for me for best. You know, yeah, well, I've fantasy. never thought about it fantasy battle and does, and it, I, does it have to last a certain time <laughs> can it be quick why battles? do you have a quick one that you're thinking of i was thinking of uh just popped into my head and maybe because we talked about avatar just a little bit earlier uh-huh. but when an avatar whenever they're battling all the ships the flying ships mm-hmm. and okay can, yeah yeah that was that's a cool. good that's pretty cool one yeah i really like that for sure but yeah i i would totally agree one of the best braveheart ever. braveheart was final battle crazy pretty good but, pretty yeah, this, good, is a, but yeah. this is i think this is better on scope and emotional <laughs> intensity and uh, effects and the way it's put together, and I bought and into every second. Of, and, and it's a TV and show. show. Um, Mind blowing. Question: Speaking of it being a TV show, uh, is it better than the original Battlestar Galactica? <laughs> <laughs> Just, I mean, this is a serious question, so we're going to need you guys to answer it. I, I, I think it's pardon the laughter. <laughs> it's uh, hard to beat. The original Battlestar Galactica. Well said, um, well said. Yeah. But this um, one, it really strains to beat the Battlestar Galactica, though. Yeah, I just, man, I don't know. There's <laughs> Sophie's Choice, right? Like, I mean, some things you just can't decide Is between. Is it Battlestar 1980? I think there's a 1980s show that came out that was, anyway. Maybe the original TV show, but not the movie. I mean, Battlestar Galactica movie was... Oh, that so. that could never be on the Horrible Movies podcast. It definitely could be on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go into our buried treasure. Finish off with something in pop culture that you want to make sure everybody knows about. Danae's going to kick us off. I am going to kick us off. I actually uh, tried out a few more gaming apps. I haven't done that in a while. So I downloaded a ga- an app called Alto, A-L-T-O. And this is a game where... You are doing long presses to jump. You're doing short pre- or short presses to jump. You're doing long presses to do tricks. And basically, you, you're just this guy that starts at the top of a mountain, and you start snowboarding down the mountain. And it's all about you know jumping over rocks and doing tricks and things <laughs> like this. It's really really beautiful. I think that's one of the reasons why it's a popular game right now is that um, the graphics on it are really nice. I like the music too, which is always important. And also, if you mess up like I do all the time and start over again like you have to every time (laughs) um it's not always the same mountain sequence (laughs) so they mix it up to where you don't have to you you know that you're not going to be jumping over a rock right here and you know doing an extra long jump over here so it's a pretty easy game to play uh the goal of the game is to basically be having achievements like longest jump or collect so many coins or jump over so many rocks or you know, run into so many alpacas. That's true. <laughs> um, so you're kind of going against yourself, which is nice. But again, <laughs> learning curve for starting off. And, and it's I, called alto. I'm always thinking like I'm just going to like nail it and be like, yeah, look at me go. And I just. Well, some of the best games are like that, though. Up over and some over of the again. best games where you really have to hone in. Like I'm I like easy games. Yeah. But I but there's something about having to perfect a. I you haven't rage quit yet because rage quit. <laughs> I haven't rage quit yet because uh, I actually, like I said, I like the music and I think the graphics are really great. Sometimes it's raining, sometimes it's 
you know, the environment shifts around, the colors shift around a little bit. So they've they've done a really smart thing. Sounds like put um, together. Do you remember the Bit Trip games, where mm-hmm. you would have to like jump things and slide through things at like to the beat of a like a techno song? No. Um, and you had to get your timing perfectly, but all the buttons you would push would be a certain type of beat with the the Are music. Are you ever afraid that you're going to be like programmed to like that when you play those games, you're, just, you're being programmed <laughs> yeah. the whole time, and then yeah. someday you're going to get a text or like a tweet or like a Starman? push notification? It, wasn't that the plot of Starman or was it or Last Starfighter? Star. That was this plot of the Last Starfighter. Was it they used a video game to train him to? You know, battle oh, the yeah. aliens. And they put all these yeah. consoles out mm-hmm. throughout yeah. the galaxy. Or Ender's Game has a little bit of that too. Ender's Game does Ender's too. Game has a little bit of that. And anyone who owns a drone, congratulations. <laughs> You're being trained. You're being trained. Uh, producer Phil from our podcast said that Alto is a great game. Oh, cool. He said he loves it. Yeah, it's a really good game. So, yeah, it's free. A L T O. He said he quit his job just to play it <laughs> professionally. I'll tell you. I told him that was a bad choice. That maybe not quit. Maybe just like pull back part time. Can first you do and... both? Can you have a job and play this game? No. Yes. No. I'm gonna it's do it right okay. now. This is my job, so we're just gonna do it. Um, what do you, you want to go next, Jack? You got a yeah. buried treasure for us? I really like um, uh, physical violence. Okay. Not myself being in it. Okay. But watching physical violence. This is your buried treasure. Is just violence. UFC 200. <laughs> oh no. Is tomorrow. Brock Lesnar comes back to UFC. Brock Lesnar. Brock Isn't Lesnar. he a WWE wrestler? That's why it's awesome. Because he's going to fight. Brock Lesnar. Which one's he? His, uh, the gigantic flat-topped uh, freak. See the one that has like extra shoulder has, muscles he, he has shouldn't? Traps. He has He has no he neck, has right? No neck. Trapezius muscles, yeah. No, and he, yeah. It, he, he goes jawline to trapezius, upper he's trap. He's fighting the super Samoan Mark Hunt. There's wow. a picture of Brock Lesnar he's going to fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's so the have, so Now, his that's tattoo, the, the sword on his chest here, I have the same matching tattoo. On my chest as well. Until you had it removed with lasers. I uh, n- uh, until my abs. Uh, <laughs> I have what it. doctors call uh, uh, a one pack. Sag, and <laughs> one um, pack. I have a one, one pack. pack. It's a one. It's a one. It's a one pack. And so mine looks more it's like a, a little uh, teeny tiny knife than this gigantic. <laughs> no, sword. I get it. I get it. That's amazing. Anyway, there he is. So UFC 200 is tomorrow. But that's legit, right? Like that's is that not... not really buried. Oh, oh well, here's. Fine. No, 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 um, no, no, no. What I mean is, I, no, I don't know. That is buried treasure. What I mean is mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar going from WWE, which is an act in and many ways. And he's been in UFC before. He's been the champion going to, in the UFC Because UFC is really playing itself oh, it's as real. a legitimate sport. No, it's a real so, sport. Yeah. Yeah. And not not one I enjoy because I'm not a, I am not a fan of physical violence, but. Is that bad of me to, to like physical? No, no, no. I, Listen. I, as long as it's not, not me, me having to try to do that. <laughs> I can't stomach it. I can't stomach it. Yeah, I yeah. guess it was. I guess it really for me. I grew up on the the mean streets of uh, Mountain View, Missouri. <laughs> uh, it's population twenty seven hundred folks, and uh, you got to be tough or you don't make it out. How many churches in your? Uh, somehow there are seventeen hundred churches. <laughs> yeah, but twenty seven hundred. It's part of what makes it legit. Legit. Yeah, it's in fact too legit to quit. And even. I would say it's also too legit to quit. <laughs> anyway, did you like my little? I like that. Uh-huh. That was nice. That's that was almost we... like the. Uh, NBC, uh, the more you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Little drugs. This kids. is why we don't need a sounding board. That's right. Because we your own just do them all. What about your Aaron? What's your buried treasure? Uh, I saw. I watched uh, Tin Cloverfield Lane again uh, with some friends, and I wanted to restate what an amazing movie that is. Particularly because I was curious how my quote unquote normal friends would enjoy a movie like that. Because I, you know, I obviously have a very specific way I watch movies, both as a movie critic and also as somebody who loves Hitchcock and suspense movies. 
and I wondered if it'd be too much for you know my normie friends. Yeah. And uh, they all loved it. They all said the same things that it's it's compelling, it's great, it's suspense without being horror, which they loved. And um, I would just say if you haven't gotten a chance to see Ten Cloverfield Lane, uh, it is it is a really great film. John Goodman's in. I've not seen it. Oh really? John Goodman's in it, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And he's uh, he's great. I love John Goodman. You might not look at him the same way afterwards. But... Really. You know where he went to college at? Springfield, Missouri. Absolutely. <laughs> in the heart of the Ozarks. But heart of the Ozarks. SMS at the time. It was SMS. That's right. Where is it now? MSU. MSU. Was it South... Southwest Missouri Southwest. State. Southwest. So it wasn't SW? And then now it's MS? Missouri State no. University. It was SMS. They, it was Southwest. SMSU. Is the Southwest they shortened word? it to these SMS. Yeah, it was SMS. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Anyway. These are these are important things to make sure we well, get correctly. And then, history for you. But then when <laughs> they would get in the tournament, like in the NCAA tournament... ESPN would have a hard time with it because it would be like SWSU, and people would be like, "What is what this? SW? Yeah. Listen, Southwest seems like it's two words. Should be, but it's one. Mm-hmm. That is one. At word. least they'd have to say South, South hyphen West <laughs> directional S- college. S hyphen W M S. I think that's why they changed it to MSU. Thanks so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Shoe the Dough podcast network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Shoe the Dough. That's M-I-X-L-R.com slash Shoe the Dough. You can find out more about Aaron and Danae at AaronandDanae.com. Huge thanks again to today's guru from the horrible movie podcast, Jack Altamax. Thank you. What do you want to promote, Jack? What do you want to let people know Um, about? We have currently today uh, our top 10 Marvel movies of all time. Oh, nice. Not horrible either. I was going to say that doesn't sound like horrible movie podcast We get in trouble for that. I've had some people be like, this is a horrible movie podcast. It's a positive list. A guy named Ian Ross, who's been on our podcast before, and a guy named P.A. Browning. They have their own lists. I have my lists. Mm -hmm. And uh, the number one movie for all of us, Howard the Duck. (laughs) The number one Marvel movie ever, Howard the Duck, from all three of us. Not really. Tune in. I wasn't allowed to watch that. And I can understand why. Leah Thompson uh, has smooches with a duck. <laughs> I can understand why your parents... You thought Game of yeah, Thrones was transgressive. Listen, yeah. You have to understand, though, that Howard, he's just a dirty duck. He is a dirty it's duck. It's not just... Because when you said smooch a duck, I'm like, oh, I have stuffed animals. This is well, and so I cute. wanted to... I yeah. tried to go PC. Like, I tried to not... <laughs> this is not okay. No. <laughs> Top 10 Marvel movies of all time. I'd be excited to hear that. That'd yeah, be a lot good. of fun. It's pretty good. Uh, where can people check that out? Uh, what, what's it's our podcast? Horrible movie podcast? The Horror Movie Podcast. It's on iTunes. Download us. Subscribe. Rate and review. And it's also on uh, Google Play. And we were a Revolver Podcast Network podcast. So you can go to revolverpodcast.com and follow us on Twitter. Awesome. All the places. Much Facebook. love and gratitude also to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make the show and others on the Shoe the Dough Network possible. Mm-hmm. Sports starts at a buck a month and comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. Also, if you know of a podcast or have a podcast idea that you'd like to see on the network, make sure and let us know. All feedback is welcome at Aaron and Danae at gmail.com. Wait! What? I totally forgot that I wasn't going to talk about Alto today. I was supposed to talk about playing World of Warcraft. <laughs> oh, man. Too bad. Okay, then quick plug. Over at Flicks, Flick Freaks, we're doing the Let's Plays for Warcraft. And you're in on those. I am. Yeah. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.